Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans around the world, we are back. But don't call it a comeback. Just a short little break. If you all forgot, I'm Rob, the Cuban from the East Coast over there. This is Aaron, who uh, did some important stuff the past few weeks. What's up, Aaron? Big shot, Rob. Yeah. You have anything you want to say say to the people real quick before we get the show started? It's been a minute. Man, hey, it's, it's been a minute, but we back and we better. And yeah, about what? Yeah, about six weeks to the NFL start, and you can talk that talk. Six whole weeks. Time is going to fly by, but let's first discuss real quickly a very, very important event that happened this past Sunday, the worldwide soccer or football game, the World Cup final. Congratulations to France. I'm going to eat some more French fries now. Congratulations to Croatia. First time in the final. Don't know what Croatia is known for. I'm sorry about that. But sailing. I, you watch the game. I, I learned that. Sailing. Actually, All right. <laughs> sailing. So, uh, as some of you guys know, I was off in Greece and doing the honeymoon thing. But while I was over there, I met a lot of people uh, from Australia. And, and they say that Croatia is very good <clears throat> in sailing. It's a great place to go sailing. And uh, it's known for sailing and beaches. So there you go. It's actually on my bucket right. list of places to attend. I, I, I'm i happy to uh, disclose to you and our, our fans that it is also on my bucket list. Um, and I, I am aware that French fries are not from France, but, you know, I had to say something. Uh, but France, first time, <laughs> last time they won, rather, was, was 20 years ago. So it's been, it's been a while. Um, France has a very young team. So when they return to the World Cup in four years, uh, I would expect them to be just as strong, if not stronger, than they were this time around. So watch out for France yes. in and it, 2000. Go and ahead. they have a kid math, who was math, only math. like – they had the kid on their team. Uh, I don't know how to say his name, but he was 19. And he was only the third player in World Cup history other than, I believe, Pele – and some other world-renowned superstar to actually play in the World Cup and score a goal as a teenager. So that, there you that go. is impressive to say to say the least. Um, all of uh, all of my all of my countries were not present. Uh, I am half of the Italian heritage, and Italy was not there. I am half of the Cuban heritage, and they were not there. And I am. American, and the U.S. of A. was also not there. I did have a dark horse team that uh, ended up being quite the dark horse and they weren't very successful, and that being Iceland. Uh, but, you know, once again, congrats to France. All right, so now let's get into this NBA offseason. Uh, we'll hit a, a couple of highlights, um, talk about some of the free agents that are still looming out there, in no man's land, discuss where we think they might end up. But 
first things first. The rich get richer. I, I'm just I'm just gonna give you the floor for as long as you want to talk about Demarcus Boogie Cousins going to the Golden State Warriors and just whatever you want to say, whatever's in your mind, whatever's in your heart, just let the people know. How do you feel about this? I think this is the funniest thing after the malice in the palace, after Kobe and I believe it was Chris Childs, they Fall. Oh, you're going way back. They're way fun. back. <laughs> this is number three funniest things I've ever seen in the NBA. Um, I just think it's hilarious. Like, I think that was the last spot anyone thought he would end up. The Warriors were even surprised that they called, that he called them. Um, I think it's hilarious. I, You know, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say – it's all, you know, Golden State's got it all wrapped up already. But, I mean, damn, that's that's a big blow. <laughs> I, I want to I dig deeper into, into this uh, topic. But uh, first and foremost, my, my, my initial reaction is, as I mentioned when I, when I introduced this, this topic, is the rich get richer. Um, I mean, Golden State already had four all-stars on the floor they already had one of the you know, deepest deepest teams in the NBA. Uh, I think it's it's debate it's debatable whether or not you want to consider uh, Andre Iguodala the the new AI uh, as as a six man. But if you want to, he's easily a, a perennial six man of the year candidate. Um, and then you, know, you just add a, a, another perennial All Star to the floor. So when Cousins is healthy, you're looking at five All Star players coming at you and that's that's unprecedented i don't know if any nba team has ever had this good of a roster on on paper and for, forget paper this good of a roster on the floor because it's clear that golden state gelled extremely well before durant they gel, continue to gel extremely well after durant and even though cousins is notorious for having uh, somewhat of a bad attitude if any team and any organization is going to bring the best out of him and kind of keep his ego in check, it's it, outside of, of LeBron James, it's definitely the Golden State Warriors. Uh, so um, you said that you don't want to say Golden State has it wrapped up. I say they had it wrapped up as soon as Cousins signed on that dotted line. Uh, but I want to get into a little bit of the, the technical aspect of things. What do you think this does for – the, the type of offense they run, what do you think this does for, for floor spacing, and uh, you know, basically how do you think he, he fits on this team uh, basketball-wise? I think he fits just fine solely because of this. So apparently beforehand they had the conversation. They told him, hey, you know, this is how we play. This is how it goes down. Um, you know, you're not going to be, you know, getting – you know, some nights you you may only get six shots up, um, and that's just the nature of the beast. But I think where he's going to thrive is in the second unit. I think that's, you know, where he'll thrive and where he'll get the most. I don't expect them to play um, a major role on this team. Um, and I, 
I don't think from an office standpoint it hurts him at all because it's kind of like he's not the main focal point. They're not using him to basically run their offense through him. Uh, so he's going to have to fit their game to the offense. And there were times to where teams, when you needed, you know, you needed that physicality, and that's what he brings. And I think that's where you're going to see him thrive. To where it's going to be times to where you saw it in the OK or in the Houston series where they went, they played a lot of ISO ball, um, and that will suit him very well. Uh, okay, cool. We can just throw it in the post and you know ISO clear out and let Boogie go to work. Um, and I think it's going to fit perfectly, you know, where he'll struggle and, you know, kind of be hardest sometimes when they play that running gun and that fast pace. But I also don't expect him to be on the floor. Um, you know, they kind of – I expect him to fill that JaVel McGee role um, where he'll kind of come in, start, um, but, you know, probably only play about 25 minutes or so um, and not get that much burn. Um and some nights might be longer than the others, but I think he's, you know, it fits in perfect. You know, you know JaVel McGee was able to get some easy buckets and stuff sometimes when they got slowed down at the half-court set. So I think it'll be just fine. Um, and I think it's a perfect situation for Boogie and the Warriors because, you know, he's trying to repair his image at this point in time. He's, what, 27, 28 years old, uh, you know, so he's known to be a cancer. He's got all these issues. So, um, you know, I really think, you know, this is, and he knows it, um, kind of just based off of this year's free agency and his response to it, um, of kind of what his worth is. Um, and so if he's going to want something else, he's got to play by the rules. And so I think having that in the back of his mind, um, is there. And then also for the Warriors too, it's kind of like, Hey, look, at the end of the day, what great of a trading piece to have at a, at a trade deadline this year than him to say, okay, cool, obviously this experiment hasn't worked out. We can ship him, and we got nothing to lose, and it's not like we need the guy because we've already won two titles without him. Like, you know? So, and, you know, you're getting something for him. Like, they're just not going to let him go, and, you know, everyone knows that as well. And it's kind of like, okay, at the end of the day, even if you don't, you only, you know, you got a $6 million man sitting on the bench. It's not like he's taking up, you know, major cap space on this team. So, um, you know, for me, I think it's a win-win for them uh, as for the organization as a whole. But uh, for him, I think it's just mostly a lot is riding on him. All the pressure is on him to perform, succeed, you know, show he can be part of the team, show he can buy in to, these, you know, to the new age NBA, to the new team, to how things go, um, and, you know, shred his bad boy image that he has. So, do you remember watching Around the Horn? Like, when Around the Horn first started. You, you remember watching that? Yes. You, me, you remember Max had the mute button if, he, if someone said something very foolish? Yes. So, when you compared, or when you, in the same sentence, used JaVel McGee with DeMarcus Cousins, if I had a mute button, I would have muted you right there. How dare you say he's going to fill a JaVel? How are you going to say Boogie Cousins is going to fill the JaVel McGee role? I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That, that just that made me laugh. Um, but he's, he's definitely in a position where, you know, he can, he can ease into things as far as his health, 
and you know to a, to a lesser extent basketball wise recreating his image um you know gelling with the with the team on and off the court he's definitely not going to be rushed back into action by any means um and what's also scary about the situation is the the warriors roster is is still intact i don't even i mean i guess they lost uh javel mcgee but who cares um i mean they, Every quality player on that team is returning this season. I mean, it's incredible how they've been able to not just keep the the core group of guys and the bench together, but add Durant, now add Cousins. I mean, I've I've never seen anything anything like this as far as the NBA is is concerned. Um, I mean, it, it is a little bit uh, perplexing to me because Boogie is definitely someone who, when healthy, is worthy of a max contract, and the Warriors just got him on. Bargain isn't even the word. I mean, you're talking that they they went to to the dollar store and you're looking up aisles of the dollar store and you see something for for fifty cents and you you're like what this is definitely a bargain. They shopped at five below and just found cousins you know on the discount shelf. This is this is this is incredible and that tells me that uh, Boogie chose the Warriors much more so than the Warriors chose chose Boogie. I mean this this is the this is the the perfect environment for him both in terms of chasing a championship, um, rebuilding his image, as you said, which is a, which is a great and probably grossly understated uh, and under-recognized point, um, and also uh, easing himself back into health and back into being uh, 100% or as close as he can be to 100% following the, you know, the, the surgery that he had. Um, <clears throat> also, man, the one I've I've said this on the show before, Aaron. Uh, the the one way that I think you're going to beat Golden State is is beat them up. It's be physical with them, bully them, throw them around, control time of possession. Uh, and when you have a when you have a you know a, a goon like Biggie, and I say a boogie, I'm sorry, a goon like Boogie, and I say I say goon in terms of like an old school Charles Barkley type of a player. Uh, when you have someone like that it's no longer a concern. No one's going to go into the paint and, and just throw their weight around with, with Boogie standing under the rim. That's just not going to happen. So the, the one weakness that I think Golden State had, or at least the one glaring weakness, um, has easily been addressed by adding, adding Cousins on this, on this bargain deal. So um, just another reason why I think Golden State is going to run away with it. And it's, uh, I don't, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how teams match up with them, you know, even – even the best of the best, such as Boston, um, Houston, uh, it's it really is one of the Houston's, most fascinating. I was going to say Houston one of the most fascinating not, rosters I've ever seen. But and, and I agree. But the thing with Houston, though, Houston is done. Um, I mean, and we can we can get into that a little bit later, but. With them losing Ariza um, and them yet to you know be able to re-sign. Uh, Capella, those were two main pieces, and without them, they're not, you know, they're not going to be who they were. Um, and so I think Houston's, I mean, out of the West, um, it, it's definitely Golden State one, and I would, you know, I don't even know where the rest of the dominoes fall because, um you know, we can kind of lead that into now, uh, you know, LeBron being down in, the, you know, the L.A. 
trying to come join me out here on the West Coast. Um, mm. But it's to me, it's it's over. I mean, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I, I just don't see much confidence with the whole Kawhi thing with the Spurs. Who knows how that's going to work out? You know, um, I mean, you, you just can't. You just nine can't. Less. You can't match up with them. You, there's no team that's anywhere near as talented as the Golden State Warriors. And the, the, they can hold their own just fine until Boogie returns from his injury. That is of zero concern. And I mentioned how adding him uh, eliminates the one weakness that I thought they had, which was, you know, physicality uh, throughout the course of, of an entire game's length. Um, but not only does it eliminate a weakness, but it also adds to a strength. There aren't that many that – many um, uh, centers who are as good at shooting jumpers and even three-pointers as DeMarcus Cousins. Um, there are not, I could probably count two or three. Uh, you know, you, you, got, you got Porzingis, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is a great shooter. Um, I'm sure you can come up with a couple yourself. And uh, I, I'm just, just drawing a blank at the moment. But Cousins is, has developed into a really, really good shooter. He has a great mid-range game. He's great off the pick and roll. He can shoot from beyond the arc. So not only are you eliminating a weakness, but you're adding to a, to a strength. I mean, it's, it's just... But the, it, it's inc- but the best it's thing about it that I like about it, too, is, is at the end of the day, it's kind of like you got one of the most athletic, talented big men in the game, and guess what? Even if it doesn't work out for you, nobody else has them. So you don't have to worry about them. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the ultimate thing of now it's like that's just one less player you even got to worry about. Like, cool. Wow. Like, even if man, the whole boogie man. experiment doesn't work out, it's like, cool, I just sit him on the end of the bench and not play him. And, I, you know, he's no longer a threat because he's on my team, right? So it's like. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of analysis you get at Run the Point. My man Aaron over here dropping dimes. Not not only did Golden State add one of the best big men in the league, but they are just hiding him from all the other 29 teams in the NBA. Look at that. Hey, hey, it don't work out. We got him. You don't. Oh, well. Sit on the bench. I I I guarantee money in the NBA. Oh my God! Just a quick side here. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, um, and Aaron, you're in my fantasy football league. I was talking to my my co-commissioner about um, just how we're going to set up the league and you know the the free agency process and so forth and so on. And one concern that we always have year in year out are fantasy football players hoarding hoarding players. So I, I'm gonna you know I'm I'm solid at running back. I have no need to add another running back but I'm playing against someone who is thin at running back. So I'm going to add a running back, perhaps the best available free agent running back, just, just to block my opponent. So Golden State Warriors enacting some fantasy football, uh, te- uh, you know, te- technic- technicalities here. Uh, man, that's – not only do they have Boogie, but no one else has <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, Golden State is on, is on one. But, hey, that's – you obviously look at it two ways. Either you're upset that the NBA is lacking parity, which you know I kind of fall towards that spectrum, or you're like, oh my goodness, you know this is a great team. Let's just sit back and enjoy uh, this five of the five of the 
five of the top 20 players, five of the top 15 players in the NBA all playing together and just to see how it unfolds and, and enjoy the, you know, the, the superb quality of basketball that they're going to exhibit night in and night out no. while Steve Kerr just, just sits there on the sideline. <laughs> what's what's going to make it suck? I mean, I will say this. It's going to make the – I mean, because we can already kind of, you know, use this again to, you know, segue into the whole LeBron being down in L.A. Uh, I mean, because like you said, now there is, you know, no true parity because you have the best player in the NBA in the West and the best team in the NBA out of the West. So it's like now there's just nothing. So it's kind of like, you know, there's really nothing for no one to kind of enjoy because, you know, it's you know the Western Conference Finals is going to basically be the NBA Finals, and you know after that it's kind of like you know like it was this year. Whoever comes out of the West is uh, you know going to win it all, and you know obviously what we all thought was true. You know, as the great Herm Edwards would say, we are. But I'm sorry, you play. He said we play to win the game. As the great Danny Green would say. We are who we thought they were. And come come NBA playoffs, we're all going to see that Golden State will be exactly who we think they are, just running away with it. Uh, but you do play to win the game. Yeah, I, mean, so. I, I can still drop the yeah. term quote. <laughs> uh, so let, let's so let's get into it. And, uh, and welcome LeBron properly to, to the land of craziness out in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, I, I can already see people wearing LeBron T-shirts all over the place, except for the one guy who was caught on camera vandalizing the LeBron mural in L.A., which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I mean, someone apparently wrote, we don't want you here. Another guy you know, uh, threw white paint on it and vandalized it. I'm sure there are other things that went on that I'm unaware of. Um, but I, I don't know why the Lakers wouldn't want LeBron. Uh, I, I don't I don't really see a downside to LeBron going to L.A. Uh, for as good as he is. Um, he is just as unselfish. Um, we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. We all know about GM LeBron. You love to, to quote and criticize GM LeBron. Um, but once once the once the, uh, the the clock starts and the ball is up for tip off, um, there's probably few better teammates than him and few better players that make the guys around him better. And if I'm trying to take L.A. basketball, Laker basketball to the next level, especially trying to attract high-quality free agents, um, LeBron is probably second to none. Um, just just and before we get into some deeper thoughts on this, just your, your initial reactions on, on LeBron going to L.A. and, and you know, how do you feel like this is going to affect Los Angeles basketball? So, as a Kobe stan and, and former member of "quote unquote" Laker Nation, um, after I retired, after Kobe retired uh, from being part of that, and they kept resigning Meta World Peace to stupid one-year deals and paying Luau Deng uh, and going out and getting Timothy Mozgov and signing him to crazy contracts, um, you know, <laughs> I you know I renounce my uh, you know fandom, if that's what you want to call it, uh, as a Laker fan and just became a fan of players in the NBA and not a team. But 
what I would say is this. I think from a marketing standpoint, obviously you go get LeBron. From a team standpoint, um, I'm just not a fan of him. And I, and I say this, this is my criticism of him is, yes, he is the greatest player in the NBA currently. Um, where I criticize him is, is within his loyalty, I, I wouldn't call it loyalty, but within his leadership. Um, that's where I don't see him in a positive light. So my biggest criticisms of him is when he's on the biggest stage, he doesn't show up as a leader. Um, and that's why I don't like him. And that's why I can't crown him. That's why I can't, you know, I don't acknowledge anything that he does. Um, I give him his respect. I give him, you know, cause he's earned it, but I can't put him in that, you know, extreme, um, category just solely because again, like I said, it's, you know, I look at the way he handled the whole J.R. Smith thing. I've looked at the way and all these little finals collapse, his little complaints, his little, you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's like, you're the best player in the NBA. You're the leader of this team. Shut up in the drama. You know, I, I look back to my guy, Brady, you know, last two Super Bowls, they're down 28 to three. You've seen it on NFL highlights. He's on the sidelines screaming, yelling, cheering everybody, keeping them in the game, saying, give me the ball. I got this. Um, this year, he fucks up, fumbles, you know, on the last play of the game or, you know, basically ends the game and, you know, accepts responsibility for it, doesn't place the blame, doesn't say, well, my guy's blocked better, didn't throw the, you know, hissy fit, doesn't, you know, do all these things that, you know, you see LeBron doing at the end of his post-game conferences, you know, hey, can't win them all, sucks. You know, I hate that it ended this way, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, go back and this offseason address and see what happens. But, um, you know, those that's the kind of stuff that I look for. And that's why I think with this young of a team, um, you kind of need a guy like that and you don't need a guy like him um, from that leadership standpoint. So I hope that, you know, while he's there, he can change that and maybe fix it around. You've got all these young millennials around him and, you know, I just hate to, you know, I don't know how that impact is going to be uh, with all those personalities they have on that team and, um, you know, and how that's going to affect GM LeBron and his decision-making and all that stuff. But I think GM Magic is is, uh, is going to run the show and GM LeBron's not going to get a chance to to show his face very often. Um, but oh, they, already I, said they, were, they already said they were going to incorporate him. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that was just, you know, hearsay. I don't know if they just, just said that. Nah, say, bro, it's LeBron, uh, bro. Nah. Right, LeBron right, okay. getting his right, fingers right. involved. Yeah, GM LeBron. GM LeBron. LeBron. All right. All right, all right. Yeah, he, enough, he, ain't got, he ain't got Lakers ownership money. Uh, he, I, I can't call him the owner of the Lakers. He ain't got he ain't that if it, yet, but you know, if, hey. if that if that were if that were allowed, he probably would have a a share of the team, uh, a la a la Hove and the and the and the Nets formerly. Um, but so so you mentioned you mentioned LeBron as being a leader and um, how he doesn't necessarily always accept responsibility. Um, you know, he, at times it seems like he's throwing it under the bus. He hasn't always or rarely gets along with his coaches. There seems to be this odd disconnect an odd relationship with, with, with his coaches. So I, I definitely see and acknowledge all those negative aspects 
Um, but and, and obviously all of this is magnified when you have a young team like L.A. does. Um, but for me, it just comes down to what you do during the game. And for, for however you want to criticize, and, you know, rightfully so, LeBron in press conferences, interviews, uh, off the court, in the locker room, what have you, aside, aside from him not being the most clutch player, sure, you're right about that, I, I still I still think he's a great fit for LA. I think he's a great fit for any team. I think that he lead, he definitely leads by example when you know when the game is actually in play. And I don't see that I don't see the other things as being enough of a problem to to stunt uh, the growth of these young players on the Lakers to stunt the development of the Laker franchise. Um, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna cost them wins and losses. Uh, I, I think with LeBron, the, the good, and the good is good. The good is great. I think the good far, far outweighs the bad. Um, I want I want to quickly mention also that when LeBron signed with LA, you know there was this huge frenzy. Oh my, oh my goodness, LeBron's with the Lakers. This is the greatest thing ever. Not the greatest, but this is this is the, you know the, the biggest story of the off season. Blah blah blah. And then Boogie goes to the Warriors, and people just instantly forgot about LeBron. Like, who is this guy? The Warriors now have five all-stars. LeBron who? What just happened? I, I, I thought that was a really, really interesting thing in, in sports news and in, in, the, in the sports world, how LeBron can go to L.A. and there's so much fanfare, so much frenzy around it, and then it seemingly came to an immediate and abrupt halt as soon as Boogie went to the Warriors. Did you kind of get get that impression just kind of you know, watching ESPN and and reading reading sports news and and, oh, yeah. and just kind of oh, yeah. okay it was crazy it, 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 that, it, that was, so was it was so strange it was like the balloon popped it was like everyone's on this cloud nine and then it was like man that ain't fair bro you know and it's like why because I was like had this had LeBron had that team y'all wouldn't be complaining had they went out and signed Paul George, Kawhi, and Boogie, and them, and it was kind of like when nobody complained then. But you know, I mean, for me, it's you know, like I said, I I completely agree with what you're saying. The good outweighs the bad. What I'm seeing is it's the long-term effect, right? So he's not staying in LA. He's not going to retire as a Laker. That's obvious. You know, well, he'll probably when, go when back to done, Cleveland. When, yeah, when he's done, he's going to be yeah, he's, he's going to be 37. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what 30, 37 LeBron is going to be capable of. You know, I have no reason to, to doubt him and doubt that he's going to be a good player at thirty seven. But um, I mean, he he committed four years. Well, was it was it three years and a player option? Is that so? He committed three, possibly four years to the Lakers. And you know, being that he's already thirty three, um, this this could be his his final significant run. I mean, it, you know, health isn't a guarantee. Uh, who knows what the, the landscape of the NBA is going to be like in four years. We see how drastically it's changed with these super teams in the last, you know, eight, eight nine, ten years or so. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I also, and I also don't think he can ever go back to Cleveland, but who knows? He's going back. I mean, he, he's going one last final thing. Um, and, you know, I just, I think it's uh, you know 
So, well, another thing that that I want to just want to throw in there is uh, when LeBron went to LA, a lot of people, including myself, thought that these star players were just going to follow him there and flock to them there. Um, but that hasn't happened. Um, you know, for one, they're just you know, Paul George went back to Oklahoma City. Um, uh, they're just uh, the whole Kawhi saga that's going on. Um, you know, at this point, there aren't any star players who are just hanging around, and we're going to get into a few available free agents a little bit later. But outside of Paul George, outside of Kawhi, um, outside of maybe a couple others that were potentially rumored to pair up with LeBron, Boogie being one of them, uh, it's, they're no longer available. That didn't happen. The, the, the expected outcome did not occur. Star players, all-star players, did not flock to L.A. They're, they are not going to be building a big three this, this offseason. They're not going to be building a super team this offseason. And that leads me to my next point. Um, Magic said something along the lines of, you know, give us two years. This is a two-year plan. So um, I, you know, I see a pro and a con with that. Uh, you know, if you're going to create salary cap space uh, for next year, great. If you're going to allow the young players like Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, uh, and those guys to, to develop one more year, great. Um, if you if you kind of have your eye on certain players who are going to fit your system and who, who Le- GM LeBron wants on his team, great. But I mentioned his age, 33. You're just going to you're just going to effectively waste a year of LeBron's career and all that money you're going to pay him for his annual salary just to say, ah, we're going to we're going to take care of things next year. No, we understand this year we're not going to win a title, but next next year we're, we're going to. And and that is something that as a sports fan, I have a huge problem with. I mean, I want to especially with this lack of parity. If you're going to add LeBron to LA, I want I want to see them construct the best possible team this year. I don't want to just add LeBron to add LeBron and say, "Don't worry, guys. No, we're going to we're going to make a run at it, at it next year." I thought that was extremely strange, uh, wasteful, ineffective, inefficient. Uh, I can throw another 10 adjectives at you, but uh, quickly, Aaron, what, what are what are your thoughts on on effectively a, a LeBron rental until next year? I mean, to me, it's like they had no choice. I mean, the thing is this, right? No, I, the allure of L.A. is kind of like it's it's the thing with this is with LeBron, yes, comes the championship, but a, a person like Paul George doesn't want to be second to LeBron. He doesn't want to deal with that. Like, yeah, I might win a championship, but he's also like, I just got a good thing here and I enjoy it here. So like, why screw it up? And I think, you know, OKC could give him a run now that they got rid of, you know, cancer and mellow. Um, oh my so, goodness. Don't talk about mellow. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, essentially, it's kind of like you can go all in for what, though? I mean, they can't get Kawhi. You know, the Spurs aren't going to trade him to him. Um, you know, but, but so they're, they're, they're doing the – I'm going to interrupt you, then you can finish your point. I apologize. But um, you have polar opposites here. Sure, you're not going all in, but what's the exact opposite of going all in? Adding Zervel McGee and Rajon Rondo. It's, it just doesn't make much sense to me. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish, finish your point. No, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there is no sense to be made of it, but it's kind of like, okay, you'll win about 50-something games, you know, finish, you know, upper part of the West, you know, maybe four, three, um, and then you'll go out and get someone and, and hope to compete. But I'm also just like, but it's no guarantee that anyone's going to want to come there next year. Like, 
with LeBron, I mean, the thing is, is this, like a lot of guys with coming with him, if you're a superstar, there's a lot that comes with playing with this guy. Um, and you've seen it. Like, you've seen it with Kyrie. He obviously hated playing with him. Um, you know, the only – D-Wade was, like, the only one who could get along with him. Um, but, you know, that's just because they're banana boat boys. But, I mean, that's about it. There's the only other person who he's kind of – because he's kind of a cancer when it comes to that because he's so flip-floppy, shady. You know, when it comes to all those intangibles that you said you didn't care about, yeah, you win games. Yeah, you can win a championship. Yeah, you're in the finals, but at what cost? Because when he leaves, look at the, what he look at the path of destruction that he leaves behind because of his cancer, right? So, you know, for me, that's my whole thing with this with the issue is kind of like no one really is kind of like, oh my god, I want to go do it unless it's a, like a guy like a, a Rondo or a JaVale McGee who's like wherever you go, you're just going to be a role player. So why not go be a role player with the best player? Um, and you ain't got nothing to worry about. But if I'm another superstar, I'm like, I don't want to deal with that, right? Like, so, yeah, at the end of the day, that to me is just kind of like, yeah, they went all in, it's all for nothing, and there's no guarantee next year. So, you know, as much as Lakers fans think they've got the next three titles locked up, um, you know, I don't necessarily think that's true. (laughs) 33-year-old LeBron cannot do it by himself or with, Lonzo Ball and JaVale McGee and Rajon Rondo and Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram and whoever else is on that team and and Kentavious Caldwell Pope K- KCP. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just so I, I I I see your points. Um, I think I think all I think all we just mentioned is relevant. Um, I just it's just odd to me that that you bring in LeBron and you just kind of just just sit on it for a year. Um, but speaking of free agents, well, I mean, Paul George didn't even want to meet with him, so it was like no, no, they had no, no I, I think, I think, I think you hit you hit it out, you hit the nail on the head, man. Paul George is probably happy with what he has in OKC. Uh, he, he he obviously likes playing with with Westbrook, um, and you know, I it's a shame that that things didn't work out too well for them last year with those two and Carmelo because on paper. The, they they could have been something special, you know. Even even with Melo's track record, but uh, no, they uh, um, unfortunately lost uh, what's his name, Andre Roberson, before the playoffs. That could have been a difference maker. I don't think they would have you know, won the title. But uh, if you're gonna say there's Golden State, L.A., and everyone, well, the 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 uh, uh, Celtics. If you're gonna say there's Golden State, the Lakers, the Celtics, and everyone else. I would definitely put Oklahoma City at the top of that everyone else list, even right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, o- Oklahoma I mean, City. I, I put I put OKC OKC right there at, at maybe number four, number five in in the league. Completely agree. I mean, I would put them above Philly, um, although Philly is as talented as they are, but Philly is super young, um, and I just think those guys got a lot, you know. Potential, you know, I think the deep playoff run really helped them, but I mean, it also showed some, you know, some signs of weakness that they have as well. So, um, you know, hopefully they've gone out and gotten better and stronger and improved. But, you know, I would put OKC right there just solely because of the experience of Westbrook and PG 13 and what those guys bring of being proven. But, 
you know, I, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I would say top three teams in the NBA are definitely Warriors, Celtics, uh, and, you know, throw the Lakers in there just because they have LeBron. But, you know, I don't think they can compete with either team right now. I agree. I agree. Um, let's get into a, a few uh, noteworthy available NBA free agents and one guy who is very unhappy with where he is. And then we'll round it out with a quick mention of baseball and then get into a little NFL preview with training camp just around the corner. Um, so so we have a list of four available free agents, uh, the, the the top ones that we found that, that I uh, – think are still available, you know, referencing a good old CBS sports here. Um, first of them being Clint Capella, uh, formerly of the Houston Rockets. He is a restricted free agent. Um, you know, one of the, one of the better up and coming bigs in the, in the NBA. Uh, you think Clint Capella stays or does Clint Capella go? And if so, where do you think he may go to? I think he goes um, where? Don't know. Um, Because I don't know what he wants. I mean, that's the thing is he's, you know, I've heard he wants top dollar, so I just don't know who's going to be willing to pay him that. I am going to respectfully disagree with you, my friend. I think he stays. I think that you mentioned earlier that the Rockets are falling apart and they lost the reason and, and whatever. Um, it, if Houston's going to remain competitive, they have to keep as much of this team intact as possible. They've got to break the bank for Clint. Give Clint whatever he wants. Give him free. Give him free food in Houston for for the rest of his life. Give you know if he if he wants the red carpet rolled out for him, roll that red carpet out in that in that Houston red. Um, they they've got to do all they can to keep as much of of this team intact if they're going to be anywhere near as competitive as they were last year. Uh, it would be tough. They just they just opened the bank for Chris Paul, who actually is making even more money than LeBron. Uh, I believe Chris Paul's deal is four for 160. LeBron's is like four for 150-something. Uh, so financially, I don't know how feasible that is, but if Houston can make it work and Clint's happy there, obviously, I think he stays, and I think he should stay. I think it's, it'll be good for the NBA and this whole parody thing that I keep referencing time and time again. Uh, next up, we have Marcus Smart. Is it smart for Marcus to stay in Boston, or is it smart for Marcus to leave Boston, Aaron? He needs to stay because if, if they keep him and – they have a hell of a shot. I, like I said last year, to me, the Celtics, I mean, even with Boogie, the Celtics are still just the only team to me that can just can, – they can give Golden State problems. They are just super athletic at every position. It can literally switch one through five. Um, and they just seem to have the, the, the Warriors number – you know, the last couple of years, even when they had IT, even with Kyrie, they just have their number. And so I, you know, that was, that was the finals I wanted to see. Um, unfortunately, it was Kyrie going down and some of the injuries they had, you know, they weren't able to make it happen. But 
I mean, that team, as young and as talented as they are, and the ability to switch, I mean, that would be a hell of a series um, to see those young boys go up against the All-Stars. And, um, you know, that's, you know, I, I think if he stays that, you know, that's a scary team to watch out for. I I think he stays uh, for a lot of the similar reasons. I think that Capella stays. Um, Boston is is probably the front runner in the East if everyone stays healthy and Marcus Smart returns. Um, in in a in today's NBA where there aren't that many teams that are championship contenders, you you got you got to stay with the ones that are just in fact that championship contenders. Um, I don't see any team adding him to the mix that would give him a shot at the title. I don't see that being smart for either Marcus or or the Celtics to allow him to leave. Um, and one thing that is probably uh, understated is he's one heck of a of a defender. I mean, I, I cannot think of very many point guards, and you know, he, he he's he's a he's a stretch guard. You know, he plays the one and the two, but. Uh, in NBA 2K, he's he's a point guard, so I'm going to go with that. I can't think of many point guards who are stout defenders and can defend the perimeter as well as Marcus Smart can. And we know Boston's a good defensive team. We know they switch a lot, and he is a big guard. I mean, it's it's perfect. I mean, he's a perfect fit. Why 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 leave? I mean, if anyone in the East is going to have a shot at your beloved Golden State Warriors, it is the Boston Celtics. So, Smart stays. March days. Uh, next up, a guy who had a, a good college career, had a really good start to his NBA career. He's kind of been forgotten about, kind of, kind of been fizzling away, but I think he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank. Uh, Greg Monroe, does he stay or does he go somewhere to a team that perhaps could use some, some uh, front court depth and, uh, so, and some rebounding help? Where did he end up? Did he, he ended up in Washington, right? Greg Monroe, are you yeah. talking about this this past season? Yeah, where did he finish the season? He was with the uh, the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. So I think he either stays with the Celtics or he goes to Washington. I think he might end up with the Wizards. He's going to follow Dwight. It sounds like a Wizards move. Yeah, it sounds like a I, I don't. I I don't disagree with that. Uh, I, it does sound like a wizard's move. It just move. sounds like it. It just sounds like he. It sounds like something the wizards would do. This just has the the wizards all over it. It's like why the fuck would you pay him a hundred million dollars for three years? But that's what they would do. You know, three years, a hundred million, and you don't blame the guy for taking it. But it's just like, why would you pay him that? Like, oh, that's like Bobby Benilla, man. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Bo- Bobby Benilla Day. Bobby Benilla Day should be a national holiday. You're you're aware of Bobby Benilla Day, aren't you? Like, it's just the day that he gets his yes. his annual whatever yeah, it is. That's a mess to loan. Yeah, one point <laughs> two three million dollars yeah. or whatever it is. It, it, it is with the Mets, is it not? Is it the Mets are the team that's paying him? If I'm not mistaken, it is the Mets. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, so, uh, ironically, you said this is a Wizards move, and I was just thinking really quickly: how can I relate that to another sport? And I, in football, I would call it a Washington Redskins move. Ironic that both both yeah. are Washington teams. 
Uh, um, so exactly. Interested? Didn't they pay Albert and, Hainsworth that insane amount of money, and he couldn't pass a they physical? Sure, they sure did. Uh, I, I don't recall a physical being an issue, but they did pay him like I'm going to guess you know, ten years, a hundred something million, or something crazy like that uh, for like a twenty. Eight-year-old defensive tackle, uh, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, no, um, but he but, couldn't pass the physical. I remember that part. Uh, yeah, I, I do vaguely remember there being some physical issues with him. Uh, but really quickly, Greg Monroe, uh, I mentioned uh, the whole big man thing in Golden State, where you kind of add boogie, and you're like, I'm not really concerned about. Big man coming to beat us up anymore. Uh, so I'm thinking, where where can I think Greg Monroe is going to leave? There's just too much going on in Boston, especially if they bring back Smart. Uh, I mean, Al, Al Horford is, is is still a phenomenal player. Um, uh, and then w- once you get Hayward in that front court, it's just going to be very very crowded. Jason Tatum, of course. Jalen Brown could even stretch to to a three. He can even play a. Uh, not, not a four, but it, but Brown, Jalen Brown can definitely play 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 a three. Uh, that it's just a crowded front court. So I'm going to say Greg Monroe leaves. And I have always thought that Oklahoma City has never been the same since they lost Ennis Cantor, and they they were really just left with Stephen Adams there as really the only you know serviceable big man. I think that if Oklahoma City really wants to take this team to the next level, they need to add one more quality big man, um, someone that can be, uh, you know, a good rebounder, someone who can, who can flash some, some quality low post offense and probably won't cost all that much, especially since they just, just uh, paid PG 13. Uh, so I, I would like to see Greg Monroe go to Oklahoma city and pair up with Steven Adams. Uh, I, I think he could easily start on that team, but even as a six man, uh, a, a quality big man to add to, to the West, to Oklahoma city. So, Greg, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, please go help the uh, the New Zealander, Stephen Adams, and uh, go to Oklahoma City. Uh, Dwayne Wade, good old Dwayne Wade in the twilight of his NBA career. What does Dwayne Wade do, Aaron? He needs to call it quits, bro. Like, <laughs> he's, gonna, he's not going to stay or go. He's just going to hang it up. <laughs> Yeah, he, he needs to just retire, bro. Like he's he's done. Um, he's it's it's a wrap. Um, so you know, I I got no. It's just time, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I he's he's thirty six years old. Um, he's gonna you know turn thirty. He will be turning thirty seven this upcoming January. Um, he only put up. Uh, 12 points a game last season, uh, shooting around 40%, 22% from downtown. Uh, yeah, I don't – you know what? I, I couldn't think of a place that I thought would make sense for him uh, unless he just, you know, stayed in Miami for sentimental reasons. But at this stage, um, I, I think I think retirement is, is the best option for, for Wade. He's, he's, got, he's got the championships. He's got a, a, a Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Um, definitely one, one of the one of the more well liked guys in the NBA. Uh, it's he's got he's got nothing left to prove. Dwayne Wade, congratulations on a great career. <laughs> um, last guy isn't a free agent, but somebody who is who is 
publicly become vocal with his dissatisfaction on the team that he's on, in particular with, um, I don't want to say immaturity, but perhaps uh, lack of, of uh, um, how can we put this, Aaron? You know where I'm going. So uh, Carl Anthony Towns and perhaps the other young Timberwolves just just seemingly not caring as much as Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't want to say that, that they don't care about winning, but Jimmy Butler seems to be on a whole other level with his, his commitment to the NBA, his commitment to winning. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a veteran guy. Uh, he's on his, his second team. Um, so he just doesn't seem like these young players are as committed to the cause as he is, and he uh, seems to want out of Minnesota. So if that were to happen, where do you think Jimmy may end up, or where do you think – uh, you know, a, a good fit for him would be. I actually see Jimmy ending up with the Lakers. Um, I think they get him kind of at a um, at a little bit of a discount. I don't think they offer him the max. I don't think you know maybe four years. He's not a max million. player. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy's not a max player. No way. Um. But I could see him in L.A., um, and I think him alongside LeBron would be good um, because right now, I mean, LeBron's in the same boat that he was in when he was in Cleveland, right? You know, as soon as he goes to the bench, who's going to score? Um, and I right. think just adding Jimmy to that team would, uh, you know, give him some relief so he could, you know, continue to take some plays off and not play defense even more. Um, so, you know, I think it's a good option for him and, uh, you know, no, I, that's where I see him in enough is L.A., to be honest. Well, L.A. or OKC? Uh, well, I, I was going to say the Lakers uh, for for a lot of the same reasons. Um, I, I just just I'm trying I'm trying to think of of who the who the Lakers can still add this off season. Uh, and free agency, there isn't much out there as far as all star power. Um, and as far as um, guard forward uh, swing men who are, you know, on the market, I guess, who are, on, you know, on, on the trade market, that is, Jimmy Butler's really the, the best option. He may be the only option that the Lakers can swing a deal. I, I do think that would be a great fit for Jimmy. Uh, he seems to be a, a quiet, humble guy. Uh, you mentioned all your concerns about LeBron's leadership and all the baggage that comes with teaming up with LeBron. I think Jimmy Butler is one of one of the one of the few All Star players who who could handle that, who kind of wouldn't let that affect him, who would kind of brush some of that off, so forth and so on. So, Jimmy, if you leave, go to the Lakers. Thank you. Enough of basketball for now. Baseball is at its All Star break. Um, Bryce Harper, the hometown DC hero, won the home run derby. Uh, Really, there wasn't any uh, surprise to that. Um, all the teams who, who we thought were going to be good that we discussed earlier in, in the podcast are still good. All the teams we thought were going to be bad are still bad. There really aren't very many surprises in baseball, especially in the AL. Um, unfortunately, there isn't anything else on currently except for baseball. you got no football. you got no basketball. you got no hockey. The World Cup is over. Uh, so I'm I'm a baseball fan, but you and I can't sit down and watch 162 games. 
Um, any any quick thoughts on on the current state of baseball, Aaron? Uh, I mean, it's still not really fun to watch on TV. Um, so you know, for me, it's I enjoy going to baseball games. Like I will go to a baseball game um, and go see you know, especially a team that I'm interested in. So I will go to the baseball game and go see, like, the Yankees play. I will go see the Braves play, obviously being a Braves fan. I'll go see the Red Sox. Um, you know, there are certain teams that can draw me out, um, you know, as a casual fan that I would go see. Um, am I going to watch a Yankees game on a Wednesday night while they're playing the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Uh, no. But, <laughs> um, you know, so – you know, in that regards, but, you know, so far I've been, you know, somewhat right on my lucky guesses. Um, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. (laughs) You know, so the second half, I mean, this is when baseball picks up. So, um, you know, this is probably when I actually start paying attention um, is in September. um, Because that's, you know, come October, that's when, you know, baseball gets, you know, hits its peak basically. So, um you know, I probably pay a little bit closer attention. I got some plans to go to some games uh, out here for the Giants to go catch up and see them. But um, other than that, hey, uh, go Braves, chop on Wakanda forever. All right. We might get another Braves-Yankees World Series. Who knows? Uh, let's wrap up this wonderful show with a little bit of NFL preview. Training camp is just around the corner. And let's just go through uh, all all uh, all the divisions in the NFL. Uh, say w- who we think is gonna is gonna win the division. Add in the two wild card teams and say goodbye to the good people. Um, let's start with the AFC. We'll, we'll just get this out of the way. The the AFC East. Who's who's gonna win? You already know, man. The <laughs> New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, I mean. The, the the Jets the Jets uh, are in rebuilding mode. You know they've got Darnold. Um, the, the Dolphins, I, I don't even know what to make of that team. At, they're not up or down. They're not left. They're right. They're not forwards. They're backwards. There's some sorts of sideways. Um, the, the the Bills, well year in year out, they just show a little bit of promise. And you know they made the playoffs last year. Um, just the, the the talent is not there. Uh, and they you know they they lost their quarterback. Um, they're also gonna they're gonna be rolling with with a with a rookie, uh, you know, at, at some point. So a lot of young teams, a you lot got the of Peter Man. Is it, Oh, you, you know what? When I went I went to the Bills Saints game last year, and they benched Tyrod for Peterman, and Peterman was the absolute worst, and I was so happy. But anyway, Peterman, uh, it's just <laughs> Peterman. <laughs> uh, so there's just outside of the Patriots, just. A lot of young rebuilding teams. There isn't that that much quality on the remaining three teams. Um, so the, the the Patriots they're gonna they're gonna come away with the AFCs. AFC North, which is always an interesting division. Uh, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Uh, I'm gonna assume you're gonna pick uh, Cleveland. Is that right? Huh. Actually, no. <laughs> I wish them well. They're the only Cleveland team I actually like. Um, is the Browns. I hate every other Cleveland team just because it's Cleveland, and I hate that 
sorry ass city. Um, so, but I do like the Browns. Uh, for this one, I'm actually. Uh, I still think Pittsburgh's going to take it, but I, if I had to, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh. I'm going Pittsburgh. I, I don't trust the Ravens, and so Pittsburgh. As soon, I mean, as long as as they can get Le'Veon's contract uh, situation handled, and Le'Veon obviously doesn't hold out and plays. I mean, Pittsburgh is still one of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, Big Ben's got a little bit left in the tank. Uh, that offensive line, uh, you know, sh- should be should be uh, a little bit better. Um, but just like I mentioned, the rest of the AFC East not being super talented. Uh, the AFC North, I mean, the, the Browns are the Browns. Sure, they added a few nice pieces, but they're still the Browns. Uh, the, the the Ravens have I, – I, the Ravens, after they won that Super Bowl, they've just been one of the most frustrating and maddening teams to kind of analyze and, and, and watch in recent seasons. And, and the Bengals, I mean, they're just – I don't know that they're just they're just wasting all the good years of Adriel Jeremiah Green. This is one of the best wideouts of of this generation, and the Bengals just cannot seem to get things right. Now that they have they have a questionable locker room. I don't know why Marvin Lewis is still the head coach. Um, is is Andy Dalton? Is, is he good? Is he average? Is he is, is he the right fit? Is he going to take the next step forward? What you know? They're just sitting there with the with the whom I think is a mediocre quarterback. Um, and the, the skill position players around him, you know, they, I, I don't know. <clears throat> Cincinnati is a, is a big, big question mark to me, uh, but I definitely think that they're trending in the wrong direction. So not much competition outside of Pittsburgh, uh, and I, I'm just not a believer in, in Baltimore at all. Uh, so Pittsburgh it is. Um, AFC, South, Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans, are you rolling with Duval on this, on this division? I am rolling with the great state of Texas and the Houston Texans. From last to first, huh? I I will tell you this. Houston last year had a hell of a team. And if they could have stayed healthy, they would have ran away with the AFC South. But so barring any major injuries, I'm going with Houston. Houston would have won that division last year. Um, that wide receiving core and that you know solid defense, and plus the rest of the division isn't that good. I mean, Jacksonville was ten and sixteen, all right. Like you know, and Tennessee was nine and seven. So it was only one game that really split the two of them, and they were not really you know that competitive. Um, you know when it came to it. So you know, Jacksonville yeah had that great defense, but their offense is still trash. Um, and so. <laughs> Yeah, you know. and they so they also lost. They also lost some some wide receiver talent as well. Uh, but you you brought up a point that I was going to make about their record for for as good as Jacksonville was last year, and for as crazy as the hype was around them, and for as much as people seemingly jumped on the Jaguars bandwagon, they were only ten and six. They were only ten and six, one game ahead of the Titans, uh, but. But but I still think they're the best team in this division, uh, especially defensively. The only team that allowed less points to them last season was the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to stick with the Jaguars. Uh, 
and that reason alone. I, I, I don't think that the Titans are going to be as good. Uh, the, we'll see if the Colts have any luck this year. <laughs> Waiting for a laugh there. Get it? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no luck. <laughs> oh, Andrew Luck, folks. Andrew Luck. That, that was – that was a that was a good joke in my head. Uh, but Houston, I mean, I'll, I'll jump ahead real quick and say that I do see Houston being one of the two wild card teams. Um, AFC West: Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Who are you taking in the West Coast? Ooh, I am. You know, I want to, but this team is so 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 depressing. Um, and that's the Oakland Raiders. Like I, I want to give it to them, but I'm just like they can't get right. I, I don't know what it is, man. Um, but it's something about them. I like them. I thought they should have had it this year. Um, I, I don't see the Chargers. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the Chargers. They're going to go eight and eight. Um, you know, nine and seven. That's just kind of their standard middle of the road. 500 teams. Um, so <laughs> I think the Raiders get it done. Uh, I think Kansas City kind of going all in on the rookie quarterback and all their stuff. Uh, it's going to, you know, cause for some changes there. And, uh, you know, Denver's Denver. They're, you know, that whole team has just been decimated. So, um, yeah, good job, Peyton. <laughs> I am going to go ahead and say the Los Angeles Chargers. Phillip Rivers is just destroying it at quarterback, but they just, they're just they such an unlucky team. They have a lot of bad losses. They have a lot of close losses. They have a lot of bad luck. Um, but I think this is the year the Chargers really make some noise. Uh, you talk about you know, their two pass rushers, Melvin, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, they, they, got a, they got a good defensive backfield. Um, their, their receiving core is good. Um, Philip Rivers, of course, being an X factor, uh, he's one of the most underrated and slept-on quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I, I think the Chargers make some noise. Um, now I mentioned Houston being one of my two wild card teams. The, the other, I will go ahead and say, will, will be the good old. And you, you may not like what I'm going to say, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the loss of Alex Smith and Marcus Peters. I don't think the loss of Alex Smith and Marcus Peters is going to be enough for them to just plummet. I think, I think they're still going to be competitive, especially with the Raiders and Broncos just not getting things right. Uh, a lot of their wins are probably going to be in that division. Uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs and Chiefs and Texans, my two wild card teams. I just Andy Reid is just just a good regular season coach, and you know you. Yeah, you have a good good running game. Um, they added uh, Sammy Watkins, who you know could could be uh, you know could could resurrect his career over there. I say resurrection lightly because he really had only like one good season in Buffalo, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Travis Kelsey, one of my favorite tight ends to watch. Uh, your two wild card teams, the AFC. What do you got? So, I'm going Jags and I'm going Chiefs as well. All right. Yeah, I will definitely say the wild cards are coming from the AFC South and the AFC West will be your two wild I, card teams. I agree. We got another 
15-ish minutes, so let's let's get through the uh, the NFC here. NFC East: Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, and Giants. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and start start these off. Um, got no reason to to bet against the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you you you're gonna you're gonna take take Philly in this, so you're gonna you're gonna be uh, <laughs> you're gonna be uh, strange over there. You know, I give respect where respect is due. Philly earned it last year, but I don't think they repeat. Um, I do think they make the playoffs. But I'm going with the New York football giant. Um, Another worst to first. This is your second worst to first prediction. So I think the Giants win the division. I think the Eagles take the wild card. He is, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron is going to be strange and choose the worst team from last season. I see why. I think the Giants because. These are the two teams that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, so with two of the worst quarterbacks known to man. So that is true. You know, maybe that's what it takes to beat Brady is just be a shitty quarterback. Well, uh, funny, funny you mentioned that. Um, so last year the Eagles tied the Patriots by having the highest uh, point differential, so net points in the in the 20, uh, 2016, 2017, I'm sorry, 2017, 2018 season. Um, uh, as I said, I think the Eagles are, are gonna are gonna continue to to reign atop the uh, NFC East, um, NFC North: Vikings, Lions, Packers, and Bears. Um, I mean, Minnesota was something special last year, especially on defense. Um, if you were gonna say they had one weakness on offense, perhaps Case Keenum, and they go out and sign Kirk Cousins to a ridiculous contract. Um, so I got no reason to go. Otherwise, um, I can see that I can see the the Packers giving them a run for their money. Uh, but that team is is gradually losing talent, uh, and they're gradually getting older as well. Um, I'm going to jump ahead and pick the Packers as a, as a wild card team, though. Uh, but who are you taking in the NFC North? Ooh, um, I'm going Packers win the division. Vikings take the wild card. Okay. All right. Not concerned about uh, the loss of Jordy Nelson. Not concerned about that offensive line. Not concerned about how much Aaron Rodgers gets beat up. Not concerned about Ty Montgomery, a former wide receiver, playing running back. Uh, you're rolling with the Packers. And I choose them as a wild card team, so I I believe they'll make the playoffs. I just I just don't see them being I mean, stronger than, than Minnesota. I mean, it's just something about that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, man. I tell you, that dude, that, fair, the kid enough, is talented. The kid is just—he does. I mean, the hell Mary. The kid's got so much magic in him. You know, he's a California guy. Um, he owns part of the Bucks. You know, he dates hot chicks. So there's nothing. There's nothing not like about the guy. So. Uh, you know, for me, that's who I'm rolling with, man. It's hard for me to, to bet against a, a guy with that much talent uh, when, you know, the Vikings have freaking Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Um, so, <laughs> Well, 
they just picked yeah. up Jimmy Graham, and I'll, and I'll share a quick Jimmy Graham story with you. I was once in Miami, and in the same night in Miami, I saw both Michael Jordan and Jimmy Graham. And at the time, Jimmy Graham was a member of the Saints, who, if you don't know by now, you sh- you should know that I'm a huge Saints fan. And I asked a friend of mine to take a picture. Uh, I, I'm going to go up and ask Jimmy Graham if he wouldn't mind taking a picture with me. And by the time I turn to my friend and give him my phone and say, hey, man, I'm going to take a picture with Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, all six foot seven of him, just disappeared. I don't know what happened. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the NFC, NFC South, um, New Orleans Saints. Uh, the offense got better. You add Kevin Meredith. You draft one of the most productive college wide receivers uh, out of UCF. Um, the, their main offensive weakness was third down conversions and tight end production. You add the ageless Ben Watson, who doesn't have to be great, but just good enough to move the chains. Uh, you bring back uh, you know, the, the, the healthy offensive line. You have Drew Brees. Uh, the defense shocked the world last year. Uh, I got no reason to, to bet against my, my favorite team there. Uh, who are you taking in the South? You know, I, you know, I, I call it, it's going to come down to what I call the, you know, Cadillac and Crunk Cajun rivalry. Uh, so, I, you know, I just don't trust Matt Ryan. I'm sorry. I think the guy sucks. Um, he blew a 28-3 lead. He said, Matt, he said Matt Ryan sucks. <laughs> Former so, MVP Matt Ryan sucks. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm bitter. I'm bitter as all H-E double hockey sticks that Matt Ryan's got an MVP and Drew Brees does not. Yeah. Uh, but Drew Brees has a Super Bowl and Matt Ryan doesn't. So... <laughs> Um, that's why Matt Ryan sucks. I was gonna go with my boy Jameis in the Bucks, but oh, Jameis, no. uh, you know he's got his uh, his uh, off-season issues. So um, you know I can't. You know he's gonna miss three games. So you know the Bucks are going to stumble, and they still can't find a kicker. Um, so for that, I'm going with the Saints. You know. In place of Jameis, Tampa's going to start the the ageless ageless journeyman Ryan Fitzpatrick. So watch out for that, folks. <laughs> um, I, I am so I I do think it comes down to the the Saints and Falcons. Uh, I think the Panthers are are going to take a huge step backwards this upcoming season. I mean, the, I know I know they I'm drawing a blank, but they added one of the fastest receivers in the draft um, th- this off season, but that team is just grossly under-talented. Uh, I, I see the Panthers as taking a huge step back, and it's going to be between the Saints and Falcons, in which I will be in Atlanta for that matchup. So uh, perhaps uh, a live run the point from Saints-Falcons uh, tailgating central at that time. We'll see. Uh, but I, I will pick the Falcons as the uh, second wild-card team. So uh, I've, I've got the Packers and Falcons as wild-card teams. Uh, NFC West. Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers. The Rams had quite possibly the best offseason in all of the NFL. You had Marcus Peters and Dominican Sue. Um, you had, I believe they also had Akib Tlaib. Uh, they just, re-signed, just signed Brandon Cooks to, to an extension. Uh, they're, they're, they're a young team. They got a lot of swagger with the young head coach playing in L.A. now. 
so forth and so on. I'm, I'm rolling with the Rams yet again. Um, Cardinals, meh. 49ers are still a year or two away. The Seahawks lost half their backfield. Go ahead. What do you want to say don't, about don't the Don't talk about it. Hey, the Niners, boy, they got Jimmy G, all right? Hey, that's a product of Brady right there, okay? That's from the TV. All right, the Niners. Camp, all right? The, the, the Niners are going to finish – the Niners are going to finish second in the NFC West, and they will be a close, close wild card team. Close. So, I, so are you saying they're going to make a wild card or they're going to be close to making a wild card? They're going to be close. I mean, it's going to be between the Niners and the Vikings. And pay attention to – mark my words. Pay attention to that week one game come week 16 because it's going to be – it was going to be a a close team. I'm telling you right now, what you know, I've I've been talking. You know, I I got my connects out here. I I keep my ear. You know, I, I work down the street one exit down from Levi's so I can hear what's going on in the front office. Uh, you know, the, the boys got some swagger. They got their swagger back. So. Are, you still, are you sitting, in the, meeting, sitting in the meetings over there? <laughs> still in the meetings, uh, well, as my boy DJ Khaled would say. Still in the meetings. Still in the meetings. Uh, they, they did They did finish the season by winning uh, five straight games. Um, so, yeah, they've, the, the potential of the 49ers is through the roof. I just I don't see that coming to fruition this year. Um no, I, mean, I, I agree, but I'm just saying they're going to be they're going to be that nine that you know they'll be approaching December and they'll have you know about six wins come December and they'll be they'll be in the wild card hunt. So you know, all right, all right, fair, fair enough. It could be a, it could be a situation where you know the last game of the year, like the Bills, where you know they need a win and they need someone else to lose, and they're playing the Browns and. You know the other teams playing. You know the Patriots. So um, you know there's a fair shot they could get in, kind of a deal. But uh, that's going to be. If I could pick three wild card teams, the Niners would be my third. I think they're going to be close. Um, I think they'll finish nine and seven, eight and eight, somewhere around there. Um, but that team is is definitely the uh, the landscape is looking up for them. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, our 2018-2019 NFL predictions, which we will definitely revisit probably uh, around preseason time and you know, just before the regular season kicks Real off. Real quick. Yes. Real quick. Super Bowl predictions. Super Bowl predictions. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Super Bowl predictions. I'm going to go with uh, two of the all-time greats, two future Hall of Famers, two of the best coaches in the NFL, two of the best organizations, Saints and Patriots. Ooh. Wow. I am going Rams and Brady's last year in the past. Go to three straight Super Bowls to call it a day. So, so can, can we can we can we make a pact here uh, on July seventeenth, twenty eighteen, on Run the Point? If it happens to be Saints and Patriots, that assuming we assuming it is financially feasible, you and I will be at the Super Bowl. 
Um, where is it? That's a good. That is a good question. I believe that. <laughs> I believe it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. It's definitely in Atlanta. Yes, it's in Atlanta. Oh, it's in Atlanta this year. Oh, we in there, bro. I got yeah. family in Atlanta, so we ain't got to get a hotel. <laughs> you heard it first, the game, That part I don't know. I mean, I would her. be in Atlanta. I might not necessarily be in the stadium at the game, but I'll be in Atlanta. No, 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 first. If it happens to be Saints and Patriots, Rob and Aaron will at least be at the stadium in Atlanta. <laughs> the night before oh, the Patriots play the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the, the comeback episode. Um Eric, congratulations to to you and these uh, life events that you've recently gone through. And uh, we'll be back at it next week. I'm sure a lot will happen in sports between now and next next Tuesday. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. All right. Peace.